world, welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today's show, we're talking about Property Syndication 101, how do you actually do it? And I tell you what, we got an email in from a list of the show, Tara, who says, love the book, love the podcast, been listening to quite a few American real estate podcasts, and they talk about syndications, especially for large real estate items, you know, things like large apartment buildings, those kinds of things. Do we have that in New Zealand? And if we do, how do you get involved? What's the pros and cons? Thanks, Tara. Now, Andrew, walk us through what is syndication. So this is when a group of investors, and it might just be two of you, put money in together and start investing in property. Now, there are four different ways you can do this. And we're going to go from least formal to the most structured, the most formal. Now, the least formal, that's you and a couple of mates. So me and Ed decide, hey, we're going to buy a property together. We both put in a deposit. We borrow some money from the bank and we go and buy some houses. We're just, you know, just buying as a group. And in fact, one of our team just recently did this. Lockie, who works in our development team, he and I think four or five other mates just bought an investment property in Auckland. They all put some money in. They buy a property. And I think they actually own one in Christchurch that they plan on developing as well. And so this is when you're syndicating just a single residential property or, you know, you might keep adding to that portfolio over time. Now, the positives of this, it's very flexible. You make your own rules. If it's just Ed and I investing, then we can have a conversation. Should we sell that property? Should we buy another one? What are we going to do? And you can invest with less money than doing it yourself. So Ed puts in half the deposit. I put in half the deposit. Now, there are some cons to this as well. Walk us through it, Andrew. So it can make borrowing a little bit harder. And I won't go into this because we've done an article on our website about it or go back and listen to episode 1122. And the other challenges can sometimes be a little bit challenging getting your money out because if it's just me and Ed and Ed says, hey, look, I want to go do something else now. Well, what happens then? Do we sell the property? Do I buy it out? Am I able to buy it out? Do I want to sell the property? Even if you think about that syndicate that Lockie put together, you've got five people in there. If one of them wants out, how do you do it? Well, the others then have to raise the money in order to be able to do it. He probably can't sell that one share. And that situation might just be majority rules and you can't take your money out right now. Tough luck. Then we get into syndication where strangers buy a single property together. So an investment company might advertise, and it's usually a commercial property, but it'll be a single commercial property, and they'll seek investment from the public. And I know that a company like Erskine Owen, I often see them advertising. They're currently advertising a countdown shopping centre in Amberley. That's about a 45-minute drive from Christchurch. And that one is only available for, for wholesale investors. It starts at, I think, about $100,000. But that's a syndicate for a single commercial property, but a company's going out and raising that. So it's a bit more formal than if you were going out and purchasing with just a couple of mates where you're buying a, you know, a townhouse for a million bucks or $800,000, you know, because now you're talking about a multi-multi-million dollar shopping complex, albeit in this case in a fairly small town. But it's more formalised. You've got to be a wholesale investor. There's some criteria for that. And a part of the reason why you have to have a more formal arrangement is you don't necessarily know these other investors as well. I'll give you another example. So Baileys and Centuria are also big in this space. So I saw a couple of years back, about five years ago, the Zero building was available in Auckland. Zero, the cloud accounting business, quite famous, founded by Rod Drury. <laughs> And they were going out to investors looking for $50,000 per unit, and they were selling about 1,300, 1,400 units of that investment. So raising almost $70 million all up. But you all put your money in, 
to buy the property and they forecast at the time about a 7% pre-tax return. But you're talking about buying into a major commercial building in a pretty central Auckland suburb for a very, very valuable building. Now, what's the pro behind that? Well, someone else is putting the deal together for you. So you just front with the money and put your money in, get your return. And I think the main pro of that one is you're getting access to an asset class that you couldn't on your own because most people can't invest directly into commercial property on their own. You know, you're not going to be able to put your money in and buy a $70 million property on your own, at least not the vast majority of people listening to this podcast. And if you are, it's nice to hear from you, Philip Carter. Now, the other thing is that, can I say that? Yeah, why not? And the other thing, he's not listening. The other <laughs> thing is that returns can often be in cash. So because they're raising $70 million for this building, I'd assume they're probably not going to have a lot of debt on that property, especially back in 2018. So they're raising all of this money probably to buy that in cash. That means that you'd expect that return from the building is probably going to be a decent dividend because they're renting out most of that building. You're getting some rent back. But the other big one is that it's not going to impact your ability to borrow. So if I put together a syndicate, Andrew and I go out, we buy a townhouse together, even though I'm only putting up half the deposit, I'm responsible for all of the debt. If I'm just putting 50k into this large commercial building and the the trust or the company that buys it ends up taking out some debt, I'm not responsible for that debt, right? Sometimes. It depends on how it's structured. Generally speaking, not. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And the cons as well. I thought you just could have invalidate my point. No, well, sometimes you, you might use a thing called limited partnership. So you're responsible for your share of that. Yes, if that was the case. In this situation, I think it was a property trust purchasing that. The cons though, it can be hard to get your money out. So you're buying a share in the $70 million building. If you want to sell that share, who are you going to sell it to? You probably can't put that on trade me. Maybe <laughs> Centurion Bailey's might have a secondary market. That's a question you'd want to ask but it's going to be a bit harder to sell your share. Maybe eventually the whole building gets sold off. That might be a way to exit it out, but then you're not going to be in control of that sale process. Somebody else is going to be in control of that. And I think there could also be some tenant risks. So probably not with the zero building in Parnell, excellent location, but something like that countdown in Amberley, I'd be thinking, well, what happens if countdown decides to move? I think about Tikuiti, which is just uh, two hours north of New Plymouth. The New World moved down the street into a new building really? right into the centre of town. That happened a couple of years ago when I was a younger kid. It was in one particular location. Then it's moved. That old site has been empty for years every time I've driven past. So that can happen in smaller towns when supermarkets decide to move. Now all of a sudden quite hard to find somebody to move into that commercial building. So we've started with quite a casual relationship, a casual syndicate buying a residential property. Now we've talked about a little bit more of a formal situation. We've got a syndicate buying a commercial property. What's the next step up, Andrew? Next steps are property funds. And this is where you pull your money together and then you buy multiple properties through that fund. Now again, Bailey's are big in this space, Centura are, Oyster, Jasper. And the pros of this is it gives a bit more liquidity. It makes it a little bit easier to get your money out. And it gives you access to multiple projects rather than just one building. So, you know, you might have some some money in some industrial properties, some stuff in retail, some stuff in offices. The negatives, it's a little bit more intangible because you don't look at a specific building and go, yeah, I own a part of that. So maybe there's a bit of that touchy-feely stuff if you're into that. And think of it like KiwiSaver. You know, if you own a share 
an apple through Sharesies, you think, yeah, I've got shares an apple. But if you own it through your KiwiSaver fund, it's probably not the same in your mind. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. If I think about my KiwiSaver or some of the managed funds I've had in the past, I've probably owned shares in ASB. And so when they hike interest rates, I should probably say, oh, that's a very good thing. I'm going to get a return through <laughs> my funds. But I don't think of that because I don't actually think of myself as a, a shareholder in ASB, despite the fact that I probably am just in a roundabout way. And I think that's the same with some of those property funds. And on top of that, if we want to get even more formal or structured, then we get into real estate investment trusts. Yeah. So these are similar to funds. So you put your money in and they invest in multiple properties. Almost exclusively, this will be in commercial properties. But the difference here is they're listed on the stock exchange. So people like Precinct, people like Goodman, and Kiwi Property, these are all examples of a real estate investment trust. Now, the positive of this, very, very liquid. You can get your money out at any time, and you've got access to multiple projects again. The negatives, it's kind of the least direct type of investment you can have. You've got no real control. And look, let's face it, people usually love property because they can borrow against it and use leverage. We can't do that with these real estate investment trusts. Yeah, generally, the less direct ownership you have, it's harder to get that bigger and bigger return because you're not using that leverage. And I think there are some things to look out for if you're going to go into a syndicate. And I'm, I'm really talking about if you're buying one commercial property is the main thing I'd be looking at, or, or a fund as well. You'd be wanting to know how much debt is that syndicate going to take on. So if I think about that investment into Countdown Amberley and the zero building, I want to know, okay, we're all putting in this money. It's 100 grand. It's 50 grand each. How much money are you raising? And then how much debt is the syndicate going to take on? You see, the higher debt, generally you're going to get a higher overall return because the capital growth is going to be big compared to the amount of deposit you put in the cash flow is going to be small because you've got more debt and so you've got interest costs. That means that all of the rent that comes from countdown renting that specific commercial building, well, a lot of that might go to interest payments. So the first question you've got to ask is, how much debt is there? The lower debt, well, you don't have as big of a mortgage, you don't have as much interest payments, you've probably got to get more cash return, but you're not going to get as much capital growth because you don't have as much leverage in there. And that depends a little bit on what you're trying to achieve as well, because if you're now retired and you just want to invest your money and get a cash flow return, you have to be really conscious of this because a lot of the syndication groups have come under pressure over the last 24 months because the interest rates have gone up. They don't have the money to be able to pay out the returns that they were suggesting. Yeah, and I saw one fund actually. So this, this was in, in the fund, so kind of step three of what we're talking about in terms of syndication. This was for a residential property developer. They had 50% leverage. So that's what they were going to do. They take your money. They borrow the same amount of money again from the bank and they buy their own properties. That's quite a bit of debt. Then when interest rates went up, the cash returns really went down. And so if you were relying on of that fund for cash flow, you would have been in a hard place. Whereas I would assume, I don't know if this is correct or not, but with the zero building that we've talked about, you'd probably get a good cash return. It seems to me like that's probably not going to have a lot of debt. A yes. lot of that returns probably in cash. You'd want to check that before you invest. But on top of that, you've probably got less tenant risk. Well, if you're thinking about a supermarket in a small town, Tikawiti, Amberley, you might have some tenant risk there. So actually, if I'm investing there and, and counting on the cash flow to live in my retirement, I'd probably be a bit worried about that. If I'm thinking about a commercial building in central Auckland, 
that's got four floors and they're all rented out for the next 10 years or 12 years and they've got stable tenants. Well, actually, I'm probably less worried about that. We're going to have good tenants there for quite a while. The rental income is probably going to be very, very stable. So it all comes down to what you're specifically looking at. And I think the other major thing you've got to look out for, Andrew, is whether you're able to invest in that fund. Yeah, and there's been a lot of investment offerings to people in the retail market, i.e. us normal people. But to qualify to invest as a wholesale investor versus just, you know, normal mum and dad, then you need to have a minimum investment of $250,000 or you need to meet other criteria. You need to be an accountant, a financial advisor or a lawyer. Yeah, but not every syndicate is only open to wholesale investors. So some like the ones that I've seen from the likes of Baileys and Centuria, generally speaking, they're open to the broad market. Some of them have investments from as little as about $10,000 up to 50,000. So there is often minimum investment criteria, but it might be 10K. Now, if that's open to the the whole market, I mean, you might say, well, fill my boots, I'm going to go for it. Or if it's 50,000 and that's available to you, you might say, that's great. Some of the ones that say only open to wholesale or only open to eligible investors, most people won't be able to go for that. And that just means that there's less regulation. So you need to be a sophisticated enough investor to know the risk you're taking on without seeking financial advice. So generally, Tara, we do have syndication in New Zealand, generally not in terms of massive apartment buildings, but we certainly do have it in commercial property. Give it a Google, you will find different syndicates out there. They might not always be offering an investment opportunity. They might be hunting around for it. But if you sign up for the email updates, you certainly can. But they're all different types of syndicates, depending on how formal you want to go. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey. If you want to come along and see us, we are going to be in Auckland, Christchurch and Wellington for our live events. It is the Wealth Plan Tour and we're going to show you how you can retire early with two to five properties. Now, you can get your tickets for that. It is at opuspartners.co.nz slash tickets. We would love to see you there. We're going to have a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.